Now, here's your host, that gravy-sopping, crappie-flopping, stump-jumping, bible-thumping, gun-toting, mater-growing son of a gun, the backwoods Baptist himself, Pastor Harold Smith. Yes, sir. Man, that's some very good banjo picking. Donnie Poindexter is one of the best when it comes to a banjo. Thank you, Troy, for that accurate but brief introduction. And welcome to the Backwoods Baptist Podcast. We're glad to have you on the program today. If you're just tuning in, you may be wondering, what is a Backwoods Baptist? Well, Backwoods Baptists are the kind of people that were pioneers and settlers and went across our country planting Baptist churches, some of them pastoring two and three churches at a time, riding from place to place, evangelizing, preaching the gospel, establishing congregations throughout the backwoods of America, and through their efforts and their missionary zeal, they brought about what we know today as the largest Protestant denomination in America, the Baptist faith. Now, with all that being said, you may be a backwoods Baptist and you just don't know it. I tell people all the time, if you can look at your parking lot and the truck to car ratio is somewhere between 40 to 60, you know, you could be 60% truck or it could be 40% truck. But if you're somewhere in that 50, 50 range of truck to car, there's a good chance you're a backwoods Baptist yourself. But if you're 10% electric vehicles, don't even consider yourself backwoods Baptist. You, 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 you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. And this is all uh, new to you, but either way, whether you're electric, whether you're a truck and electric truck is an abomination while we're close to this, I'll just go ahead and say it. But if you are tuning in today, we're glad to have you on the podcast. We're going to talk about a topic that I really think needs to be covered, but I can't be dogmatic about it. And I, the reason I can't be dogmatic about it is because it's different for everyone involved. And the topic is rest. And when we talk about rest, the Bible prescribes rest. God's design gives us a day of rest. And I know a lot of people that are real legalistic about that day of rest. I mean, to the point that they make their wives get up on Saturday night and pack a crock pot and program it to come on at seven. So they don't have to turn on the crock pot and they don't have to do anything and they can come home and the crock pot can work, but they can't work and they can't get gas on Sunday and they have to just sit in the house and think happy thoughts and read their Bibles. If that's your version of rest, fine. I'm not going to argue and say you're wrong. I mean, Paul makes it clear in Romans that some people regard a day of the week or a special day, others regard every day. The point is we have varied views on what rest looks like. The thing that we can all agree on is that the Bible prescribes regular rest for mankind. We look at the ministry of Christ, what we see are days in which Christ would withdraw from the crowds, even sneak away uh, from the crowds send his disciples across, and then he would walk across the water later. 
and they would get to the other side to try to escape the people. You would see Christ at times healing people and telling them, now, shh, just, just keep that between you and I. Don't tell anybody that I, what I did. The reason Christ didn't want the word out for what he did is he was seeking rest. Even many times you'll find in the Gospels where everybody beds down for the night and Christ retreats up into the mountain to pray. Or the disciples will wake up and Christ is not around and he's gone and he's gone off for rest and prayer. And so a lot of what we see Christ doing in his rest is praying and communing with the Father. And I think that if we're going to truly rest, communing with the Father has to be part of it. I mean, a lot of people say, well, I rest playing golf. Well, so does the devil probably. I don't know. I don't play golf, but I'll poke at those that do. There's nothing wrong with having a hobby. There's nothing wrong with having a particular exercise that helps you unwind, helps you settle down, uh, gives you some exercise, some enjoyment. That's fine and great. And I'm not here to tear up anybody's hobbies unless it's golf. And golf is for golfing's for people that can't hunt or fish. And if you can't do those two things, I guess you hit a ball and chase it around. But that's neither here nor there. And I may be meddling, but who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. Maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. So with that being said, the type of rest we see prescribed in scripture, a Sabbath rest was not going fishing or going hunting. It was actually resting from your labors to draw closer to God. The type of rest we see Jesus taking in the, the gospels is the same kind of rest. It's a communion with God. It's a separating oneself to God. And I'm not going to sit here and criticize and be dogmatic that if you're going to rest, you have to read your Bible and pray all day. But I am going to say, maybe we need to look at the way we take rest and what we do for rest. And I'll give you an example and I'll put myself in the, in the driver's seat here as the bad guy. I've been guilty of saying I'm so overburdened with ministry, with work, with, with things that are going on. I need to take a vacation and get away from the office and get away from the cares of ministry for a while. I need, I need to escape and, and have a time of rest. And when I do that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take 10 days. I'm going to drive from Western Arkansas to Northwestern Montana. I'm going to go to Glacier National Park, 24 hour drive away. I'm going to drive up there as fast as I can. I'm going to get out. I'm going to walk up and down these mountains. I'm going to see waterfalls and grizzly bears, and I'm going to uh, drink out of a mountain stream. And then I'm going to get in my car and drive over here and see this. And I'm going to get in my car and drive over there and see that. And I'm going to go to this place and that place. And I come home and I'm just wiped out. And I'm like, man, I need a vacation from vacation. And all of that sightseeing and enjoyment and the things I saw and did and the places I went, there was no rest in that. That was just recreation. I came home from that vacation extremely exhausted with a week's worth of ministry piled up on my desk to be sorted through and worked out. That's not rest. And I, I think the problem that we're dealing with is this. When it comes to rest, we tend to look at what the world thinks of rest instead of what the Bible says of rest. And it's, 
it's, there's a fine line between healthy rest and laziness. And I, I think preachers can, we can, we can go to one extreme or the other, you know, every good road has a ditch on both sides. Uh, it, it is, it will no longer be a good road. If you don't have a ditch on both sides, it, water will wash out one side or the other. So you need a good ditch on both sides. The problem with rest is in order to be healthy, you need to work and then rest work and then rest. If you're resting more than you're working or you're not really tired, but you've chosen to rest, that's laziness. So when we look at this, this balance here of healthy rest, we either can rust out or, or burn out. You know, that's what they say. You're either going to wear yourself out or you're going to, you're going to rust out and do nothing and seize up somewhere in the middle. There's a healthy balance. Now, the reason I can't be dogmatic about what that healthy balance is, is because everybody's in a different situation. Have you ever had a job where you worked maybe on a crew? where each person had a separate responsibility. I'll give you an example. When I was young and in my prime, I used to build swimming pools and that required pouring tons and tons of concrete. One guy on the crew would run the truck. Now you'd have a truck driver. He'd be controlling the throttle and how fast the barrel spin and pulling up and backing up. But one guy would run the chute and all his job was, was to determine how much concrete needed to come out of the chute here. And he would swing the chute over here and he would tell the driver to pull up and he would, he would, his job was to meet out the concrete so that the other guys who had what we called come alongs would drag like a big rake would level out wet gravel, which is what concrete is. And we would, we would drag this out. Well, the guy that's running the chute is an important job. But it's not nearly as taxing, just swinging a, a, a arm full of concrete around that's on a pivot. It's not nearly as taxing as reaching up there and sinking a hand tool into concrete and dragging it to you and doing this hundreds and hundreds of times. The guy running the come along might need a break and might need more of a break than the guy running the shoot. And so the reason I'm not going to sit here today on this podcast and say, you're entitled to three weeks of vacation and one day off every week. And you acquire so many sick days. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. That might work for human resources and a big corporation, but that doesn't work in spiritual ministry. And that's not what Christ did. Can you imagine the Lord Jesus Christ saying, uh, Thursdays are going to be my day off. I don't, I don't do ministry on Thursday. Now I'm sorry that your son died on Thursday. That's my day off. I don't do that. Can you imagine Peter working at the, at the golf course? I mean, working, working there in Jerusalem and he's got a membership at the golf course. And yeah, I, I kind of like picking on golfers. I think I'm just going to pick on golfers in every illustration, this whole podcast. Maybe the Lord will convict you about that. Can you imagine Peter saying, well, I play golf every Friday. I can't go to Caesarea today. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that there are people sick there. I'm sorry that, that there are people who want to inquire of the Lord. Uh, Friday's my golf day. I have a, I have a, it's already scheduled. I have to do that. I think where we run into problems is where we try to structure and we should, we should seek some kind of structure. Or we'll never take a day off for years. I never took a day off. I just, every day was something, 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 something. 
And I, I saw a preacher who was the extreme opposite. He was in the ditch on the other side of the road. He went into the office at nine o'clock. He went home at three o'clock. He did hospital visits on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, his phone was turned off at five o'clock. He was no longer, you know, reachable. He, he only met with you on scheduled appointments. You couldn't drop in and talk to him. He had certain days of the week. He was off limits. And I'm like, that's not biblical. Well, here I am over here working a little bit every day, all day. And I'm wore out and tired and never take a day off. That's not biblical either. Somewhere in between there is where we should find balance when it comes to rest. And it's going to be different for every Christian. It's going to be different for every pastor. The reason it's going to be different is because there are certain times in the life of a church, if you're a minister, that you're going to be busier than others. In other words, there's going to be times when you do three, four funerals in one week. You may go months and not do a funeral. You may have a week where you have to attend and preach in three or four conferences in different cities around your area and do all the regular ministry in the church where you're at. You can respond to these busy weeks a number of ways. You can say, oh, I, I can't do the funeral. I'm already scheduled to do two more. Oh, I can't preach in your conference. I'm already busy preaching in these conferences. You can shun all this extra stuff and say, my number one priority is to take care of the church God called me to. Or you can say, um, I need somebody to preach for me because I got all this other ministry to do. You may need to do that. There's nothing wrong with either one of those two perspectives. But if you're going to try to take your normal Thursday off, it ain't happening that week. You may miss your day off. So don't feel bad the next week if you end up working three days and taking four days off. If that's what you need, fine. Here's the thing. Have you done anything to wear you out? Are you just taking a break because, hey, it's time for me to take a break? Or are you taking a break because uh, you need a break? Let me, let me, let me give you, let me lay it out this way and see if this helps you think about it. I was talking to a guy at church last night and we were trying to plan a fishing trip. And he, he said, uh, what about this weekend? And I was like, no, I'm preaching here. What about this weekend? No, I have a meeting there. What about this weekend? I had a meeting every week during the month that he wanted to go trout fishing together. He's been wanting to go trout fishing for a year. And he's like, we got to go in February. And I'm like, well, man, I'm, I'm busy all through February. And he said, I'll just take a vacation and we'll go during the week when you're free. And I said, oh no, don't, don't take a vacation. We, we can go fishing. He said, nope, I've got three weeks and I have to use them. Pastor, you should never say that. Why do you have to take a, a vacation? Because the church said you should take a vacation or because you feel like you need a vacation. You shouldn't shun your vacations. It's not spiritually holy and higher up the ladder to not take them. But to get down to the end of the year and go, well, I have to step away from the congregation I love and the work that I enjoy in order to, to rest. That's not a biblical perspective. Somewhere in the middle, and it'll be different for every pastor, it'll be different for every congregation, lies the truth. Church member, maybe you're sitting out there and you, you, you've got one of them good government jobs and you get four weeks of vacation. Take it. If you need it, if you're worn out, if you, you need rest, if you need to spend time with your family, 
utilize it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't spend vacations. What I'm trying to get you to do is think, is this really restful to me? Am I coming back from this vacation rested and ready to return to the job the Lord has appointed me to do? Or am I just burning days? Now, I say all this because this is how the world operates. They give us a set amount of, of days off. As a church, I've known churches, your pastor gets two weeks of vacation. Well, your pastor may need three or four weeks that year. He, he may have spent his vacation going home to see his family because grandma died. You shouldn't require him to take a week of rest and spend it mourning for the loss of a loved one in his family. How's that? How's that a, a week of rest and vacation and relaxation? It's not. And so as ministers, as, as preachers, as Christians, we should look at our pastors and our leaders, and we shouldn't be so regimented and dogmatic about this and this and that and that and everything cut and dried. And you've got 4.2 hours of vacation left. That's not the way Christ operated. Christ had times of extreme ministry. And then he, and the disciples slipped away for times of extended periods of rest. But when the world influences what rest should look like, the world says, oh, you're on vacation. You should go to the beach. You should go here. You should climb a mountain. You should go whitewater rafting. You should go wear yourself out. And maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just go to a cabin in the mountains and sleep in every day. That rest is going to be different for each person. Another thing to consider for the Christian is retirement. I can understand retiring from a secular job, but I can't understand retiring from ministry. I can understand my wife is a public school teacher and she's coming up on 28 years of public school teaching and she's now qualified to retire as a school teacher and she wants to do that and I support her in doing that. But I don't ever see me retiring as a pastor until my mind or my body goes and I can no longer fulfill my role as a preacher and a pastor. Maybe I don't have the, the, the physical ability to fulfill all the roles of a pastor. Maybe I semi-retire and just preach and fill in and do short, shorter term work uh, with churches. Maybe I encourage other people, but I don't ever see me quitting. Why? I, I think that we retire when we die. Do we not put RIP on a tombstone? And we all know that RIP, R-I-P, stands for rest in peace. I don't want to go to the grave fully rested. I want to go to the grave worn out. I want to be working up until the last day. I don't want to be, well, I went to the grave 40 years retired. And you can retire from your secular job. You can retire from the company that you've worked with. You, you can draw your retirement, cash in your 401k. You, you can collect uh, dividends off your stocks and bonds and all those things. But listen, that doesn't mean you retired from Sunday school. Uh, that doesn't mean you retired from morning worship. That doesn't mean that you retired from uh, evangelism and outreach in the church. That doesn't mean you retired from the committees you serve on. It just means you retired from your secular employment. If you're in the ministry, why in the world would you want to retire? If you're able-bodied and able-minded, why not stay in? finish strong. Can you imagine? Can, can you really imagine? I always put this in, in the apostles place. Can you imagine Peter going, 
next year I'll be 62 and I won't have to do this anymore. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine one of the, can you imagine Paul going, well, I've got almost 28 years of service in and I'll no longer have to be a missionary. I'll get that house on the golf course. I've always wanted. <laughs> I don't know if any golfers are still listening so we can say whatever we want about them now, but can you imagine somebody in the first century as a Christian who's a minister saying, you know, next year, I'll no longer have to pastor this church. I'll be able to hang it up. I can't fathom me saying that I can fathom me saying this, you know, hun, I, I just ain't as sharp as I used to be. I don't have the, the mental faculties I used to have. I'm, I'm forgetting things. I need more and more notes to preach and it's harder and harder and harder for me to re recall names. And I think it's probably time for me to step down from preaching. Or maybe, you know, my health won't allow me to travel like I do. Maybe uh, it's, it's too hard to fulfill all the roles and preach multiple services each week. Maybe it's time for me just to slow down and preach, you know, once a month. That's all I can be of service. Or maybe it's time for me to write a book. If my mind's still good and my body's failing, maybe it's time to minister through the written word or through the, the spoken word like this on a podcast but it's never time to quit and completely rest that occurs for the believer at death. So when I talk about rest, I want to recap this. You may be the guy that's burning the candle at both ends. You may be the guy that's bivocational pastor working a full-time job and pastoring a full-time church. You may need rest. It, it may be very, it, it may be that you need to talk to your congregation and say, look, I don't need another hundred dollars a week from you. What I need is a, a couple of Sundays that I don't have any responsibilities. You may need a couple of long weekends away with your wife, your kids, whatever. You can burn out just as easy as you can rust out. Maybe you're a pastor and you're so structured that nobody can talk to you on Wednesday and you, you have mandatory Friday and Saturday off and you can only get phone calls up until this time. Maybe you've tried to structure your life to the point that you've excluded ministry to the, to the sake of getting rest. Rest should be something that we get after we work. It's, it's six days you work, and on the seventh, you rest. I know preachers who rest up before they go. That's ah, crazy. Well, I got a big week next week, so I'm not doing nothing right now. No. <laughs> Don't do nothing afterwards. Take your, take your rest after your work. We don't rest up. I, I love it when people say I'm sleeping in cause I won't get to sleep much tomorrow. You don't gain sleep and you don't get it back. When you're tired, you sleep. When you're not tired and you're sleeping, that's lazy work, 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 work. And sometimes the Lord lays on you more than you can bear. Sometimes you, you crumble under the amount of burden that you carry. But Solomon said, sleep for the laboring man is sweet. People tell me they have trouble sleeping. I say, work, work, work till you fall asleep, work till you tire yourself out. I'm not, not making light of the fact that some people have real medical problems where they can't sleep, but. Others can't sleep because they've sat around all day and watched TV and their minds running a thousand miles an hour. 
My point in this whole thing is to get you to individually consider some of the things I've said. Let's talk about rest. Are you resting too much or are you lacking rest? Are you lazy? Are you healthy or are you overworked? Are you looking forward to retirement when maybe you should be looking forward to reenlistment? Maybe you're going to retire from your secular job so that you can devote your energies to the service of the church and have free time to do so. Are you retiring from your secular job to fish for men or fish for fish? Are you realizing that you've got good years left, you've got service left, and that the real rest will come when you're no longer mentally or physically able and you rest in peace at death in the Lord? These are not things I can dogmatically and emphatically say, you should do this. You should have these days off. It should be this. It's going to be different for all of us. Some people need 10 hours sleep. Some people need four hours sleep. We're different. Evaluate your own life. Evaluate your own service to the Lord in your area, in your church, and determine whether you need more sleep or you need more time off. Maybe you need an extended time off. Maybe. Maybe you need to get it in gear and put the golf clubs down and get to work. I'll trust the Holy Spirit to take some of these practical things that I've laid out and help you through that. If you're in Western Arkansas next week, I would invite you out to Bloomer Baptist Church in Bloomer, Arkansas. There will be a revival going on. Michael Sanchez, the pastor, will be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night, and that is uh, January the 22nd. I'll be preaching Monday and Tuesday night, January the 23rd and 24th. Evangelist Randy Bain will be preaching Wednesday and Thursday night, which is the 25th and 26th. If you're in Western Arkansas, anywhere in the Fort Smith area, look up Bloomer Baptist Church, come out, experience a revival service with us. We can't guarantee that God revives us. We can't guarantee that God will save people, but we've invited people in the community to come. We've encouraged church members to come and, and take in another preaching service and fellowship with the saints. And if we do these things, we've also asked God to revive us for being there. And so we're relying on him for revival. If you're in central Arkansas, the weekend after that, which would be the, I believe the 27th, 28th, and 29th, a Friday, Saturday, there'd be a conference at First Baptist Church of Plummerville, Friday night and Saturday, geared towards encouraging churches and members in the church. And I'll be preaching the last Saturday of January at Barrel Baptist Church with my good friend, Pastor Wade Lentz. And we'll be doing an ordination service there for some elders and deacons. If you're in those areas, I'd love to see you. If you do not have a church home, if you're looking for a church home, if you've been out of the church, maybe COVID put you on the sidelines for a while, by all means, come out and see me at any of these locations. I'll be glad to introduce you to the pastor and the people of those good, sound churches. If you don't live in central Arkansas, you don't live in western Arkansas, I am traveling around. I think at some point in, in February, I'll actually be in Virginia. Either way, if I won't be in your area, you can reach out to me at pastorherald at att.net, and there I will be able to recommend a church in your area. I literally, I don't know of churches everywhere, but I know of a lot of good pastors, a lot of good congregations. If you're in an area and you don't have a good church home, maybe you've been out of church, I would be glad to make a few phone calls 
help you find a place of regular worship in your area. So reach out to me at pastorherald at att.net. And you can also find me on Twitter at the Backwoods Baptist. I'm not there very often, but I do stop in. That may be a better place for you to keep up with the podcast and what's going on. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Backwoods Baptist. And uh, get some rest.